Hello, and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite places, which is Florida. I'm ready to book myself a one-way ticket there and never come back, truthfully. Um, And I'm talking with Florida wedding planner, Taylor Reese, and we're going to discuss Florida weddings, how things go in a pre-COVID world, in a during-COVID world, and, um, you know, answer any questions that you guys might have you know, regarding Florida weddings. So uh, first and foremost, um, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, And if you decide to buy one-way ticket to Florida, I'll pick you up from the airport and we'll never look back. Honestly, we're getting pretty close. And we're looking back. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here um, and go over everything that's going on right now, like you said, with COVID, post-COVID, and how that looks for planning a wedding in Florida. Yes. Well, first, I want to ask you, like, how are you doing during this time? I'm doing good, um, thankfully and luckily. Um, A lot of my weddings moved from last year into this year, and the remainder that didn't move into this year did move into 2022. Um, so I'm thankful that they did move and we are, you know, full speed ahead for planning within this year and then some within next year. And I am starting to see weddings pick up a little bit um, in regards to inquiries and people just interested in overall planning. That's picking up a little bit. So it keeps me hopeful uh, for the remainder of the year. And like I said, into next year. I'm with you on that. Just being in New York, we have a uh you know, we've had a lot of restrictions um, and things are starting to turn around. So I'm also kind of hopeful for this year. And then of course for next year and hopefully beyond for forever. Oh yeah. Hopefully we don't have to talk about this this time next year, even later in the, but I always say that um, it's kind of cliche, maybe corny, but I always say love isn't canceled and neither should your planning. So, you know, whether someone is getting married later this year or even looking into like 2023, um, planning is not canceled. Weddings are not canceled and, you know, people are still getting engaged and falling in love. So we'll just keep up with that. A hundred percent. Plus it gives you something to do and something to look forward to. So yeah, getting, I, you know, during quarantine and when we were on strict lockdown here, everyone was saying like, oh, I have nothing to do. And most people weren't working. So planning a wedding, one gives you something to do. um, And then it gives you dates on the calendar that you can actually get excited about again, you know, for like the six months last year that we were on lockdown here in Florida, no one had dates to look forward to. So I think it's exciting for couples to finally start putting things back on their calendar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, like with your experience, you've been in the industry for a bunch of years and you've worked for some really great, very high-end hotels. You have your own business. How did you get into the industry? Yeah. So I was actually in high school, um, when I started to get into weddings, I had went to my neighbor's wedding at a hotel here in Delray beach and, 
Um, like I said, still in high school. So hadn't gone to like any friends weddings or anything like that. So this was the first wedding I ever went to. And I was like in shock that something could be like so gorgeous and seeing my neighbor in her wedding dress, you know, that I grew up with for 15 years, I was like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever been to in my life. You know, I was like 14 or 15 at the time. So in high school, I started interning with a wedding planning company here, um, also located in Delray Beach. And she kind of took me under her wing and taught me all the ropes of planning. So I'd be in her office with her and we'd go over hair and makeup schedules for the girls on the day of timelines, vendor load in logistics, you know, like what size is the dance floor and are the tables 60 or 72s and all of that, like just got my brain like going and I, you know, never really looked back, but how I got into hotels, um, originally when her and I would work at a hotel for a wedding, we'd be on property. And of course the catering manager, the event manager would be there and, you know, they'd be in the back of house and they'd be doing the meal counts and, you know, making sure banquets was on time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the other side to wedding planning being at the actual hotel. So after uh, I worked for the wedding planning company for two and a half years, uh, going on three, I worked in hotels uh, for about five years, um, some in South Beach, some here in Fort Lauderdale, a country club in Boca. So I've kind of been everywhere. Um, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Boca. I mean, I I truly feel um, I have like a similar, um, kind of a similar situation to you. And I grew up in the catering world that mm -hmm. when you have that catering experience and knowledge, it really builds you to then take on, you know, your own company and events because you have that back, that background. Um, you know, seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, it also helps you with timelines. So I found that when I started working in hotels, that the chef needs to know, you know, like what time are you stopping, you know, passing of hors d'oeuvres? What times do you want salads down? How, you know, do you need 20 minutes between salads or does the chef only need 15 to get the entrees out? So when I started doing timelines for my own events, I, I was like, okay, a hundred person wedding. And I thought back on all the weddings that I did and I'm like, all right, chef will need like 20 minutes for salad. You know, we'll give him five just in case. And you can really build on a timeline like that. And um, just like other back of house information, like how long does it take the, you know, to cut the wedding cake before it goes out to everybody. So not saying that you can't plan a wedding without back of house hotel experience, but it certainly helps. Now in Florida, just because I know that this is different from New York, what is considered wedding season over there? Yeah. So here in Florida, it gets unbearably hot around like end of May. So you want to stay away from end of May, June, July, August. Then we get into hurricane season, August, September, middle of October. Uh, really here, the weather starts to get beautiful mid-October. Uh, so I would say our season starts mid-October and goes until May. Okay. So it's so funny. It's just like the opposite of ours, which goes from May to October. Right. Yeah. Here, I mean, 
you can certainly do a wedding here, you know, mid-August, but you just have to be aware that it is hurricane season. It is rainy season, so an indoor wedding is, you know, totally recommended. Um, but venues are mo more likely to give you a deal in August because, you know, they're all fighting for business because no one does a wedding here in 105 degree weather. So, you know, they're fighting for like an August wedding piece of business. So if any brides, you know, want to save a little bit on food and beverage minimums or rentals, I suggest going with an off season month here in Florida. That's kind of how I tell brides over here about going in January because they're so afraid with the snow, but I'm like, snow makes for some of the best pictures and you will yeah. get a break on, you know, you'll get a bunch of deals because everybody wants that January business. Right. Yeah. I mean, same, same here. Like we'll, we'll cut your rental in half. I know when I used to work in hotels and I would get a lot of leads and it was for, you know, like a hundred person August wedding. I'm like, okay, we need to treat this wedding. Like it's the Royal wedding. They can kind of come in here and have whatever they want. So off season months are great for discounts. Um, but in season months are great for nice weather, Florida weather and, uh, good pictures. Exactly. I, there's always uh there's a plus side. There's a plus side to either side. Yep, definitely. So now with everything going on with the pandemic, how are Florida weddings being executed? Like what are some of the rules, the guidelines that you guys have to follow down there? Yeah, so our restrictions just changed a little bit. Um, and I know a lot of the restrictions when I'm, you know, venue sourcing for my clients, but a corporate venue, like a hotel, um, can operate at 50% capacity and because they're corporate and it's not, you know, like privately owned, they are pretty strict on that. I found lately. Um, so if, you know, the ballroom can hold 300 guests, they're really trying to stay at that 150 mark or even less. Um, and then in regards to setup, um, it's six guests per 72 inch and then four guests per 60 inch. And again, corporate hotels are very strict on that right now. Um, however, there's, you know, some rules. So, you know, if I come with my husband and our four kids and our mother-in-law who lives with us, you know, that's over the six guests per 72 inch, you know, technically. However, because we're from the same household, we're able to sit at a table together. So, you know, you would hope that when a bride and groom is, are doing their seating chart that, you know, they are following that restriction. However, there's really no way to go up to a table and say, hey, you don't look like you're from this family. So do you belong at this table? So you would hope that they're following the rules. But like I said, there's, there's no way to really know. Um, and then just like a couple notes that you would never think, like in regards to the wedding cake, um, it has to be displayed close to the sweetheart table. And then they are still able to cut into the bottom piece. Um, but, you know, venues are saying like they don't recommend that you like stick the fork in it just in case. So they are just taking that cake straight into the back. They aren't even allowing you to, you know, how, you know, how some grooms like swipe their finger on the frosting and put it on the nose. They're doing like a, you know, kind of hard stop on stuff like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a different world, but um, I understand the guidelines for sure. 
Yeah. And then in regards to like a buffet for a wedding, buffets are uh, buffets or even displays or stations uh, during cocktail hour, like a huge, you know, like charcuterie display or like a pasta station. Those um, are not recommended right now. Um, if you were to do a buffet, for example, at a hotel I recently inquired at, if you do a buffet, you have to have sneeze guards in front of all the food, which I totally understand and respect. I think that's a great idea. Um, however, you do have to have staff behind the sneeze guards serving each person, which is fine. Um, the person isn't allowed to hold on to their plate. The staff holds on to the plate and puts everything and then hands it around once the plate is done. So that's a little different from your normal buffet because you'd hold the plate and you'd walk up and put it on yourself. So that's a little different. Um, and I feel like people don't really think about, you know, that kind of stuff, but we're in different times. So if you did want a buffet and your venue, you know, had restrictions or you didn't know how to go about that, it's always a question that brides and grooms can ask if the venue would feel comfortable if a staff member served the food the entire time, if a buffet is what you're looking for. Yeah. And I also think that in like today's times, I always say that brides and grooms really need to be somewhat flexible at mm -hmm. this point because there's so much time, money, energy, like thinking um, that's going on behind the scenes of all the professionals on your event on how to make it what you want while making it safe for all your guests and all the employees. Right. Yeah. And even, I mean, typically you'd have one server behind a buffet and, you know, the person would just hold their plate and, you know, the person would serve. But now with like staff holding the plate and serving, you know, a hotel is behind the scenes thinking, okay, well that requires double the staff. Cause now you have to bring in someone to serve everything. But those people that were serving were probably going to be cleaning and clearing, but you can't have that because you need attendance all night at the buffet. So it's just a lot of, you know, behind the scenes, but I can say that the hotels and the venues here are 100% trying to make it seem like, you know, COVID isn't a thing right now and following guidelines. So it's good for our brides and grooms just because, you know, during their wedding, they can have some sense of normalcy, which we haven't had in a while. So yeah. I will say uh, they're doing their best. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now I wanted to touch on the fact that you are now engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure when you're working events all the time and now it's like, it's your turn. It's how you want it to be. What can you tell everybody about planning of your day? What are some things that you're doing that you like, that you would be like a non-negotiable. You're like, this is my day. I, I know this industry backwards and forwards and this is what I want. <laughs> so I've always wanted to get married in Key West. Uh, so I'm getting married this year in Key West um, at Southernmost Beach Resort. I've always wanted an outdoor ceremony, cocktail and reception. I never wanted to be um, in a ballroom or inside of a building and not that they're not gorgeous. I just always wanted everything to be outside. 
Um, my fiance and I love the beach. We love Key West. Um, so it was an easy decision for us when we got engaged to go venue hunting in Key West. Um, so ceremony wise, it's on the sand. It's on like this raised deck overlooking the water. Absolutely beautiful. Um, cocktail hour is going to be on this lawn that overlooks the water as well. And then my reception is on a private beach. Um, and then I'm a huge food person. So absolutely non-negotiable for me was having a raw bar. Um, I know some brides are like absolutely non-negotiable for me is like the and champagne or like I have to wear Manolo's or like my dress is gonna be from Vera or Berta. And I'm like, I want a raw bar. Like where's the crab? Where's the seafood? Um, so raw bar is non-negotiable. And then um, I do have my dress. It is from Pronovius. It's really, I mean, it's stunning and it's nothing like what I thought I would pick. <laughs> I feel like that's usually how it works out, right? Yeah, I always heard that. Um, and I've been dress shopping with my clients before and they've showed me pictures of ball gowns or mermaid or sweetheart neckline. And they'll go in, they'll try on the dress and they're like, oh, it's okay. And the person at the you know bridal shop will be like, just try this. And you've seen it in the movies. They're like, no, that's not for me. Like, And then they put it on and it's like this huge, like aha, like Cinderella moment. And like, you really cry. So, um, when I was going shopping, I'm like, okay, I'm 100% not going to cry. Like, I'm not like that. I mean, I'm not the one. So I went to a couple places before I found my dress, put, you know, a lot of dresses on and I'm like, oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. And my mom and mother-in-law went with me and they're like, yeah, but you're not crying. Like there's no tears, you know, like you see on say yes to the dress. And I'm like, you guys, there's not going to be tears. Like I'm not going to cry when I put on a dress. So, I mean, little did I know. So I went to Pernovia's, uh, here on Coral Gables on Miracle Mile and tried on a couple dresses. And I saw this one dress again, totally not what I expected. And I asked uh, my salesperson if I could try it on. And she said, Oh, I didn't pull it because it's, it's just not you. And I'm like, let me just try it to try it. When I'm telling, when I put it on, I'm telling you, I was hysterical. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's like, I hadn't, I mean, I was like totally shocked that I cried, but I guess it is true. Like when you, when you put on the dress and you cry, you know, that's the dress. So super excited. Can't wait till it gets here um, and to wear it. Oh, absolutely. Oh my, I'm, I feel like it's funny because we all have this vision in our head of what we want things to look like. And then once we get into it, it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I always have this fear that when it's my time, that like, if I were to try on so many dresses, I would have like dress regret, you know, yeah. like buy one and then be like, oh my God, should I have gone with that? So I feel like I will have some of that, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm the worst when it comes to that. Like, even if I'm in like Zara and I have two tank tops in my hand and they're like $9.99, um, I asked my fiance, I'm like, babe, which one do you think? Like, should I get this one or should I get that one? He's like, just grab the purple one. Like you love that color. So I'll put the other color back. And while I'm in line, I'm like, no, no, no. I think like I should get the blue. And he's like, babe, at this point, just get both. Like you're stressing me out. And I thought I would be like that too. So 
like I said, I went dress shopping before I found my dress and I have like 30 pictures in my phone of dresses that I've tried on. And I tried on my dress, bought my dress. And every so often I look at pictures of all of them, like just to make sure that like, I'm still good. And I like mine. And there's never not a time where I'm like, my dress is absolutely the best out of these 30. So you say that now, but like when you know, you know, right. Yeah. Right. I true. Plus, I mean, you're going to have that raw bar and that is important as, as people who've worked in catering, we know how important the food is. Mm -hmm. And I always say for me, I'm like, I need to see like a plethora of dessert. Like there's not going to be just wedding cake for me. Like I need like several hundred to feel like good about it. Yeah. And so I'm not doing a plate of dinner. I'm doing just like all pass hors d'oeuvres throughout the night, like heavy, heavy reception. So I think I have like 16 or 17 hors d'oeuvre choices and it'll, they'll be passed continuously for two hours. And everyone's like, Taylor, like 16, 17 options plus the other stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like it's about to be 20 options. Like I just need to see like a thousand things going on or like a thousand <laughs> pass and then I'm going to be okay. No, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm the same way. I, I love to see like multiple things and then I'd be like, yeah, so I'm with you on that a hundred percent. Yeah. Big food person. <laughs> now, I don't know if this has really been more of like a trend in Florida, but over here in New York, we've seen like micro weddings is mm -hmm. all that we could do for so long. We were only allowed 50 people um, between July through now on Long Island, at least in, in the city, we were allowed 50 people, but only for a short amount of time. And now we're, we're going up to a maximum of 150 come next month, which is, a okay. which is great. But mm -hmm. do you think that like micro weddings is micro weddings, the thing over there of like 50 people? Yeah, it is a thing. Um, and I think we'll see it. I mean, not only here in Florida, but everywhere throughout the remainder of the year and maybe even, you know, into early 2022. So I had a huge wedding booked for November of last year. And then back in March or back in April, we made the decision to postpone it. Um, however, my couple still wanted to get married. So they, you know, didn't let COVID stop them. So they just got married together at the courthouse, but they wanted to do something, you know, for their immediate family, you know, to kind of celebrate that they got married. So we did um, a micro wedding in their backyard at their home uh, for 17 people. And we went from a wedding of 150. So 17 person wedding in the backyard. Um, and it was absolutely stunning. We set up a beautiful arch underneath the tree in their backyard. We set up dinner for 17 on the patio. We did this really amazing Royal table for 17 guests. Um, and we had it catered. So we did a buffet. Um, and because it was in a home, they were fine with everyone serving themselves, but they had a, you know, great little open bar that they set up and, I mean, I think it's special and, you know, they got married at their home in their backyard and, you know, they'll have that memory with them forever. You know, like they'll look out under the tree in like five years or 10 years, you know, with their kids and, you know, be able to tell the story about like how they got married under that tree. So 
micro weddings are also going to be big in hotels. Um, I know a lot of hotels here are doing like micro wedding packages. So for example, it's like an all-inclusive fee of $5,000 and it includes white garden chairs for 25 guests, uh, hors d'oeuvres for 25, a champagne toast, and then a three course dinner, you know, something small, but a lot of venues are doing that. And I think it's enticing for brides when they see like a flat fee of $5,000 and they're like, oh, well, I have 25 people. So I could be, you know, all in for 5,000 and just have to bring in some, you know, pretty flowers and a nice music. Like I'm in, sign me up. So I think that's definitely going to be a thing of this year and into next year. Um, at weddings in Florida right now, is dancing allowed? Dancing is allowed. Yes. Um, and you know, hotels can always enforce masks, um, and they do a pretty good job at them. I've seen on my site visits, um, you know, everyone in the hotel and the person you're touring with is wearing a mask. And of course we are too. Um, dancing is allowed. It's up to the discretion of the bride and groom and, it's up to the discretion of the bride and groom if they want their guests to wear masks while dancing or kind of doing like a socially distant dance thing, but it is allowed. Yeah, we, um, we don't have clarity on that over here yet. Um, I'm hoping that it will be allowed, but you know, our governor has not given any, any clear guidelines, we'll put it that way. It is. The dancing part is confusing. I am, I mean, I feel like once you sit at a ceremony, you know, even with the 50 guests that you invited, then you all go to cocktail hour together. Then you sit down for reception together. I mean, is it like really that bad if you get up and dance with someone, you know, for a song or two and then sit back down and, you know, other people dance? It's, it's a gray line. It's a gray area that we're walking. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's so confusing, but hopefully, hopefully we'll start to see some normalcy. Um, yeah, you know, with everything. Um, of course, now we're we're really getting into 2021 with it being middle to end of February. So, I'm I'm hopeful for over here for yeah. New York. I know, kind of, the rest of the country is a little more open than here. Um, but here where I am, it's been, uh, it's been pretty closed for, for a long time. Yeah, we've, Florida's definitely been much more open than places like New York or, you know, LA or even Chicago. Um, so the, you know, the wedding trends and the micro weddings that Florida's been doing, you know, for the past four or five months, you guys are just starting to pick up on. So I think once, you know, your restriction goes to 150 guests, like you were saying, I think you guys are going to be like flooded with, you know, people who are like, all right, let's, let's get married. Yeah. I do think that we will still see uh, like that micro weddings will be a trend for a long time, even post this COVID world, because people are seeing, Hey, I don't, I'm not going to do 200 people but I'm going to do 75 and make it incredible, like insane over the top. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And I mean, not that you can use, I mean, you can use COVID as an excuse for not wanting to invite your mom's nine coworkers and like Aunt Jackie, who you've never met. Um, But if you do need an excuse, now's the time to say like, you know, with COVID, I'd rather take 
you know, our 140 person guest list with, you know, mom's friends and make it 75 with our closest friends. And we'll just have mom's friends, like, you know, maybe set up a zoom link or something, you know, a lot of people are doing the virtual ceremonies. Um, so I think it's, it's a good time for people to, you know, use that excuse a little to do a smaller wedding yeah. and then that go all out, like do an amazing, like four course dinner, you know, add in an appetizer, you know, do a, a beautiful family style dessert display. So I think there's lots of options, you know, to spend money wise, if you were going to pay for 200 and now you're only paying for 75. Now you can really get those floral arrangements that right? you want and not worry yeah. about, you know, completely breaking the bank. Right. Upgrade the bar to the premium package, bring in the, you know, satin linens, bring in the sequin, exactly. whatever you want. <laughs> I always said for myself, I, I always said, I'm like, I don't want to go above 150 people. Like that's <laughs> what I want. 150, like getting to 200, it's too much at that point. Like, I don't want to like have to cut what I want because of guests like, of guests. And now after this year, I was like, you know what? I think I could do 75 when yeah. I, I was like, I think I could easily do 75, make it really intimate, really nice. Yeah. Definitely. I never wanted a big wedding and my fiance always felt the same. So our, we're inviting 73 people and we're hoping for like 60, maybe even a little less. And I get asked all the time. They're like, Oh, is that because of like COVID? And I'm like, no, it's just because I, I, one, I don't like that many people Two, I have like the same friends from elementary school. Um, and three, I just always wanted something on the intimate side. Yeah. I also feel like when you work in the industry, you almost kind of have that set idea of like what you want that mm -hmm. it almost doesn't matter what everybody else does. You're not heavily influenced by that because you've had the plan for years of what you want and what will right. work for you. Yeah. And you've also been around like 400 person weddings and you've seen 200 person events. And once you get that in your head, that maybe you want to be on the smaller side, like that's it. You've made your mind up, you know, like seeing another 400 person wedding is not going to change your mind to add more people. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. When I see a 400 person wedding, it like confirms my thought process that I want right. something on the smaller yeah. side. <laughs> You're like, okay, uh, that was a great idea. Only inviting 73 guests because this 400 looks crazy. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, as the bride, making sure that you're going to say hi to everyone and like make everybody feel welcome. And 400 people is a lot of people to, uh, to shake yeah. hands with and hug yeah. and say hi. It's, I mean, it's a lot. And then most people want pictures with you. So you're being, you know, pulled in 10 different directions and, you know, not to deter people from having large weddings. If that's what you want, that's 100% what you deserve. Um, but in regards to micro weddings, I think they're good talking points for someone who's considering one. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, I ask everybody this when they come on. Now you obviously you're meeting with so many brides and grooms throughout this time who are planning their day. What advice do you have for a couple who's currently planning during this pandemic? Yeah, so I would say uh, try and be flexible and open uh, with dates. Um, a lot of people from 
2020 moved their weddings into 2021 and that took up probably 50% of the available dates that hotels and venues had to offer. Um, you know, if we didn't, if, you know, like let's say you worked in a hotel and in April you had nine weddings and those nine weddings had to move into 2021 this year, you know, they're going to try and pick another April date or they're going to spread into, you know, March or May. So where a venue would have nine available Saturdays, they now, you know, have, you know, four. So try and be flexible with your date. Friday and Sunday weddings um, are always less expensive in rental fees and food and beverage minimums at hotels and venues. So if you are trying to save or even do something smaller, think about a Friday and Sunday. Um, I'm getting married on a Friday. I've always loved the idea of a Friday wedding. It gives you Saturday to wake up, relax, do a really fun brunch and still, you know, have Sunday before people have to fly home or get back to work. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, I also like the idea. I read this really cool article the other day. Let's say there's absolutely no way you can cut down your guest list. Like your guest list is 250 and that is what it is. However, you know, your venue is only allowing you 150. Um, do a virtual, you know, ceremony, have those people be able to log in on, you know, Facebook Live or a Zoom link or whatever your, you know, whatever you want to set up or your DJ wants to set up. But if you want to make those other 100 people or, you know, 50 couples still feel like they were part of the day, um, I actually love the idea of sending them like a favor you know, because the guests that are coming to the wedding, they're going to get a favor and they're going to be, you know, they're going to get like a photo booth strip or be a part of the experience. Send them like a mini bottle of champagne with your name on it and have them like, you know, drink it during the ceremony while they watch you. I think it's just a special way to let them know that, you know, you wish they were there with you, um, although they aren't. Yeah, no, that's a really good idea. Plus, um, you know, something that we haven't, we didn't touch on too much is that virtual ceremonies are going to be a thing for probably a while for people who are just nervous to travel or, you know, they, you know, or the guest capacity, they can't right. have what they were supposed to have. And, um, you know, having a planner, you're able to navigate that for the couple about should they need to set up zoom set up facebook live like anything like that yeah my sister got married a couple months ago and she had a small wedding only 25 people um and unfortunately at the time like you know my aunts and uncles couldn't come and they were just a little nervous to travel which i totally totally understand um but most of those people that you invite are going to send you a wedding gift. So my sister wanted to do something special for them. And she had made, I mean, they're like huge into cooking. So they made like a custom spice for like food. Um, and they sent it to everyone who couldn't come to the wedding just because, you know, like my sister still wanted them all there. And I thought it was sweet to make them feel included. And like, she did want them to come. So I like that idea. Have them log on to the virtual ceremony, you know, and do something a little extra to make them, you know, feel like they didn't fully miss out on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, honestly, everybody likes a little, a little swag or something. Yeah. Everyone always wants like a, I mean, a coaster set or mm -hmm. people love taking that kind of stuff home. So, I mean, send it. If you have extra, send them to people. Yeah. 
I see a lot of bottle openers and I'm always like, I need one of those. Yeah. You always have a set of coasters because like you don't want to ruin your like wood table or get like a, you know, wine stain on your glass living room coffee table. Like people always love that stuff. So, I mean, when you're doing the ordering, you know, like order 10 or 15 extra and send them to the people who couldn't be here that are closest to you. Definitely. Definitely. Everybody likes a little something. Yeah. Everyone loves a tchotchke. That's what my dad says. It's it's so true. It's so true. Um, Then, you know, one more thing in regards to planning, like on the food side. So like I said, I know most hotels aren't doing buffets. Um, A lot of them aren't doing, you know, like the sushi boats and the huge garden table and charcuterie boards. So I toured a venue a couple weeks ago And my client wanted a sushi boat and they wanted stations for their wedding. So I sat down with the catering manager and I asked like, how can we make this happen for them? You know, like they've waited long enough to get married. We've moved the wedding. Like, what can we do to make this happen? So the chef at her hotel came up with this amazing idea. Um, And instead of like, you know, you've seen those sushi boats, they're like six feet long and they like 500 pieces of sushi on them. And everyone like attacks them with like tongs and Honestly, pre-COVID, I feel like people would just grab pieces with their hands. You know, like we never, yeah, we never thought twice about it. So the chef came up with the idea. He found mini sushi boats online. They're literally like this big and you can fit like four pieces of sushi, the wasabi and the ginger. How cute is that to display something like that? Each guest grabs their own and then you don't have to worry about like, the touching and the fingerprints, you know, or you have a staff member pass them out. So then each person gets their, you know, own little boat with having to worry about, you know, did like someone touch the tongs? Did someone touch their fingers and touch, you know, a teriyaki packet or whatever that looks like. So I think, you know, like a trend moving into this year and something to help with planning, ask your catering manager if they're flexible with doing smaller plates, you know, mini cheese boards can you instead of doing you know a whole garden display with veggies and dips and all that stuff can you do them in small cups and I think that's a good way to kind of get around the buffets and the display options and it's also modernizing the industry yeah um you know people want to see that like things advance with time and if things right. stay the exact same it's very old school it's not like it's like how when I was bought mitzvah chair covers were the were the biggest thing ever yeah. right <laughs> like you had like you could have them in any print any fabric at my bat mitzvah I had like I forgot what color they were. I want to say they were white, but they had a big silver velvet bow. And at the time, like that was so high end. Like I was ahead of the time with that. Now I'm like, oh my God, a chair cover. That's disgusting. Like I could never put that on. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just about, it's yeah. just about like changing with the time, seeing what else you can do to kind of like also make your day a little bit different than everybody else's. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's essentially like customizing your day. Um, And I mean, like how many weddings or events that, you know, have you been to or hosted where they have a charcuterie board? Like everyone sees that with the meats, with the cheeses, you know, you put it on a plate, but how cute would it be if you had your own like mini charcuterie board? It had three pieces of cheese. It had like 
you know, like the cute folded meats, a couple olives, a little apple slice and like a piece of spaghetti on your own like little board. How cute is that? Most people probably haven't seen that because there's always like the huge, you know, six foot boards with piled with meat. Um, But I think it's like setting setting the tone it's it's custom it looks expensive it looks like you paid more and I think you know like moving forward with you know being or having the restrictions that we do it's kind of the way to go it's definitely the way to go it's also on on like a professional standpoint um it's a like it's a lot more useful than wasteful because Mm -hmm. Like what people don't understand is that during cocktail hours, sometimes a lot of stuff does go to waste Mm -hmm. and things like that during this time would certainly go to waste because you can't, you know, pick and grab like you used to be able to. So to have your own individual things, it's safer. It's like cleaner, it's neater. And honestly, it's more on trends for something new. Yeah. I mean, back in the hotels I used to work at cocktail hour, the end of cocktail hour is my absolute favorite time to be a catering manager because hundred percent much leftover food. I'd run into the kitchen the second it ended. And, you know, I'd be in the kitchen in my heels, like looking in the fridge and I'd be like, where's the leftover hors d'oeuvres? Like I need, yeah. I need, I need food. Um, and the chef would always be like, okay, one, get out of the kitchen in your heels. And Two, um, it's on a plate for you because there's always so much leftover food. There's so much waste. There is so much waste. And I also agree with you. I'm the type, the second the cocktail hour is ending, I'm like, where's the mini pigs in a blanket? I need it. I need it. I need it. And then, you know, whatever stations they had, like, you know, I'm going to see what's there. I'm starving. Yeah, give me the shrimp cocktail. Um, and I'm also the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. I'm also well was the kind of catering manager. Um, like if chef made the, you know, the overage of sh- like chefs always make the overage of food just in case, you know, someone switches or God forbid, you know, they drop a plate. Um, so sometimes at the end of the night, like if a vendor didn't eat or whatever the case was, and there was like 17 leftover meals, I'd be like, where's the to-go boxes? I need a filet. I need a salmon to go. Like I'm bringing. <laughs> Cause your fiance too is probably like, so used to you doing that. Then he's like, hello, where's my yeah. fiance? Where's- I thought you were home dinner. I'm yeah. like, um, babe, you've been alone 14 hours and you couldn't figure out dinner, but here I am. <laughs> you should have been able to figure out dinner, but no worries. I brought no. it home anyway. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no, that is so true. I would have, if they had like take home dessert and there was all like stuff left over my before, uh, before. So I like grew up in kosher catering and my okay. dad would be like, can you bring me home some like halava? Can you bring me home some monzo bread? So like I would have a doggy bag that I brought home for my dad. Yeah, I worked at a property for a little over two years. And, you know, after like the year mark where you're comfortable with everyone and you're doing a wedding every weekend, you become super close with, you know, chef and banquet captain and servers. So, you know, towards the end of me working in one of the hotels, they would just know to pack it up for me. Like I didn't have to ask anymore. I know I'd be leaving. I changed from my heels to flats and I'd be walking through the banquet hall in my flats. 
and they'd be like, oh, Taylor, we have your, uh, your pre your packaged food over here. I wrapped it up for you. And I'm like, oh, you guys are like my, like Lord and savior. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> well, Taylor, it has been so fun to have you on. Thank um, you again for having me. Um, well, definitely. Uh, well, first, actually, um, where should everybody follow you so they can learn more about Florida weddings and your planning and, you know, talk to you about their date and maybe being able to hire you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at weddings uh, by Taylor Reese, and that's T-A-Y-L-O-R and R-E-I-S. So weddings by Taylor Reese. Um, I post lots of pictures and, you know, sometimes I'll post what to, should you do a first look or should you not? Um, and recently I've been, you know, posting some trends that I see upcoming. So like the smaller food. Um, so reach out on there. Um, even if you just have a planning question and, you know, you don't need a planner, I'm always here to give really good advice on, you know, what to do and, you know, what I think. So reach out. I'd love to chat my email and my phone number on there uh, for anyone who is getting married in Florida micro wedding, you know, large wedding, whatever wedding, I will help you out. Perfect. So all of my Florida people, you have to reach out to Taylor. I'm yes. wishing I was in Florida, but next okay. time I come, we'll have to, we'll have to meet in person. Yes, we will meet in person. We will do a cocktail. We can do a shrimp cocktail, uh, a supermo and a raw bar. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Yeah, get here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Literally, I'm one second away from booking a trip. I'm over yeah. this uh, this New York snow and the darkness and the freezing. And every day I see people on Instagram in Miami and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, not to rub it in, but it was a perfect beach day today. It was 85 sunny all day, super hot and like literally not allowed in the sky. So oh your situation, uh, and not to rub it, but it was nice today. <laughs> I know that, that is what I need. I need that sunshine badly. So badly. <laughs> well, Taylor, I want to really thank you for coming on today. Um, it's been fun having you on and I wish you like the most prosperous 2021 and beyond. And hopefully we'll be able to put this COVID crap behind us sooner rather than later. Yes, uh, definitely sooner, not later. Um, and thank you so much. Um, and hopefully New York picks, picks up a little soon. Um, and I can wish all, uh, you all the success. Uh, thank you so much. Yes. Yes. We, uh, we definitely have some brighter days ahead. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward to it for sure. Cool. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Bride Tender podcast. We have a new episode every single Monday that you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Um, if you're not already following me, go follow me on Instagram at the Bride Tender, where I 
tell you fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day, and hiring the best in the business to execute your wedding. Make sure to also go follow Taylor at Weddings by Taylor Reese and um, learn about Florida weddings. Maybe you're actually from out of state, but you're looking to get married in Florida and Taylor could be your perfect resource for that. Um, until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.